that remind us of the gospel of Jesus and also of our role in a sense or our mission uh, to take that message to the world. Uh, as we Les said from the very beginning, uh, it's Pentecost Sunday today. Uh, that's uh, when we uh, traditionally just celebrate when uh, the Holy Spirit came as Led read at the beginning and that, that was his mission. His mission was to come to take the message to the world. And we've been thinking about that a lot, haven't we, over the last couple of weeks. We've been thinking about saturate. We've been working through that together. And today we come to the end of that. This is our last in that series. It's our saturate wrap, uh, as we put it that way. A little bit later, I'm going to give you an opportunity. There's a couple of guys I've already teed up. They're going to come up and just speak of a couple of things that have uh, hit them during this uh, this uh, period of time, this series that we've been on. But uh, you're welcome to come up and speak as well about anything that's grabbed you uh, during this saturate period. Uh, just recently, uh, Time magazine put out their Time 100 Most Influential People of 2015 and 16. Uh, who do you reckon is the country that most of them came from? Uh, yep, that's correct. It's America. It's an American magazine, I think, so they tend to put that out. Uh, and who do you think was on their front cover? Steve Jobs? No. He's uh, dead, probably. No. Uh, Obama? No. Look at this. Leonardo DiCaprio was on the front. An actor. Uh, that says a lot, doesn't it? That says a lot about our society when the most influential person. Uh, it's interesting. They used to start with number one and work their way to a hundred, but they've changed that. And now they have them in categories. They have different categories, uh, such as, uh, uh, titans, politicians, and so forth like that. And so they go through and they have all these different ones and they don't rank them by a sense, but just have them in different categories as they work through. And Leonardo DiCaprio is not there so much for his acting, but for his uh, conservation work that he does through uh, different agencies that he's involved in. A uh, part of what they also have on there, just to keep you in the loop, uh, is they have a fun one as well. And so they had the 10 most, uh, 100 most influential animals as well. Uh, and you can see Cecil the Lion, he was the one. Uh, he was influential, though he was shot. Uh, the bear is out of Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio's movie. And the killer whale was uh, the one that was in SeaWorld that they uh, released eventually after uh, many years of torment for him. Uh, so they have all these influential people, don't they? And all these influential uh, things happening around them, the 100 most influential in the world. It got me to start thinking about who is the most influential person in my life? Who, influence, who influences you the most? Is it your family? Uh, is it your husband or wife? Is it your kids? Is it your job? Is it your sporting team? Is it the country that we live in and the culture that we've grown up in? What are the biggest influences in your life? Who should be the biggest influence in our life? It's that easy one, isn't it, when you're in a church? It should be Jesus, isn't it? Jesus should be the most influential in our lives. Uh, but I don't know about you, but I think sometimes that's not actually the case. I know for me it's not like always the case. 
that's what I desire, that is what I want, but more often than not, I find that I'm being more influenced by the world that I'm living in or the culture that I have or even my family of origin. Uh, there are moments when I hear myself and I think, that is my dad coming out. There's moments when I hear Karina speak and I think, that is her mum and you never tell her that. Okay, <laughs> guys, never mention that to your wife, okay, that they sound like their mother. But there's moments, isn't there, where your family comes out in what you say, those influences around you. But what we desire most, isn't it, that our biggest influencer, the most, the one that have the most influence on our life is to be Jesus. And that's what we've been thinking about through this whole term, haven't we? As we've been thinking about having our lives saturated by Jesus, we've been thinking about who it is and what it is to have the most influence on our lives. Uh, there's all this other stuff going on around us, but ultimately it's to be Jesus that is the one at the centre. He is to be the one. He is the one that is to saturate everything that we do, every part of our life, wherever we are, 24-7. He is to be the one that is to consume us and to be the one that drives out of us into this world so that we live for him in every part of our lives. We are so to be so saturated with him that it can't help but spring forth from us. That's what we've been thinking about in Saturate, haven't we? Well, we're going to wrap that up today and bring that together and hopefully encourage us to not just be a series in our life, but to be our life. Our life is to be saturated by Jesus. Uh, we're going to read. It's not wanting to go. There it is. We're going to be reading from John chapter 4, uh, verses 6 through to 26. And uh, Anne Marie is going to come and read that for us. Uh, if you're in gospel communities, you would have uh, had that read a couple of weeks ago, or maybe even last week, and thought it through. And we're just going to come back and touch into that today into a couple of particular spots to see how it can encourage us to go and live lives saturated with Jesus. Thanks, Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie told me that she did this as a live reading once there. People read it and then she acted it out. Maybe if we had known it earlier, we could have done that. It was many years ago. (laughs) I was involved with an adult youth group and we were doing a youth service on one Sunday night and um, one lady, one of the girls read another young fellow and I acted it out as in we didn't word it, we just acted. It was very, um, I'd only been a Christian knowing Jesus my Lord and Saviour for about six months and this spoke to me, yeah. reading. That's what made it extra special because I was that woman at the well. Really was, before I knew Jesus. Okay, reading... John chapter 4, verses 6 to 26. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone to the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? 
Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and herds? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. It's a great story, isn't it? And you could just take time to just sit in that, I think. And it doesn't finish there, it continues on as well. Uh, And if you look at the Gospels, it's actually probably the longest story in the whole of Gospels. Uh, And that's interesting, isn't it? Because that, to me, indicates the importance of it in lots of spheres, uh, and also indicates that we probably should spend more time thinking through it as well. But just today, I want to just touch into a couple, because if you're in the gospel community, you would have looked at that a little bit more in depth uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but I just want to take us back into it, because I think within this chapter and within this story, we see a whole lot of what we've been thinking about through the whole series of Saturate that we've been doing. Uh, and the big thing that comes out of it, doesn't it, as you look at it, there in verses 13 and 14. Uh, look at what Jesus says. Uh, the Samaritan woman's asked to have this living water, this thirst that she desires to be quenched. And Jesus answered her, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. great statement, isn't it? The woman thirsts for water, but she actually thirsts for life. The woman thirsts, she thinks, just to grab something from the world that will satisfy her for a moment, whereas actually she satisfies, she thirsts for the satisfaction of her soul that will last for eternity. Her satisfaction, our satisfaction, her identity, our identity, her eternity and our eternity is found in Jesus. It's in him. 
our thirst can only be quenched by the one who made us. Nothing else can do that. Uh, I got this quote just off the net today, the other day. It says this, The only one who can truly satisfy the human heart is the one who made it. It's Jesus. You see, this woman, we find as she goes on, has all these other areas and all these other places that she's been looking for satisfaction in, to be having her thirst quenched. The well, the water is only the tip of the iceberg. We find out later that she's had five husbands. She's been seeking that in men. Then we find out that she's been seeking it in worshipping at a particular mountain, in a particular place. But in all of it, she's been missing and wanting the question she has at the end, I know the Messiah is coming the one to quench my thirst, the place where I'll be satisfied, the one who I'll worship forever, I know is coming. The only one that satisfies our soul and anyone else's soul is Jesus. So often we go off in all these other tangents, don't we? We think everything else is going to do it, but nothing does. It's only in him. Only in him, Jesus, who lived and died and rose again, who showed us what life is like loving God completely and loving others fully, who goes to the cross and dies for us, is the only one who can satisfy our thirst. Jesus cries two things on the cross before he dies. One, he says... I am thirsty. That's interesting, isn't it? Here he says, I'm the one that quenches my thirst. But here he says, I'm thirsty. Why? Because he's taking all our thirst upon himself. All that we desire, all that we search for, all that we've gone after, all that we've desired other than God. That thirsting, that thirsting out there to grab all this stuff has been taken on. He thirsts because he takes all of ours upon himself. And then he cries out, it is finished. Because he's taken all our thirst, all our searching, all our sin, all our going after everything other than him upon himself. And he deals with it. And he says, it's finished. No longer does anyone need to thirst because I have dealt with everything that causes your thirst. Sin's been dealt with. Now you can be satisfied in me. It's all been completed in me. And then he pours out, doesn't he, from that. He comes back to life and he pours out his spirit. And at Pentecost we see that pouring out. When we talk about being filled by the spirit, it's about quenching that thirst and overflowing with that spirit. It means we no longer thirst on the inside. It just comes up out of us. That's what Jesus does. That's why we're to be saturated in him. Because he is the only one that satisfies that. We so often look for it in all other places, don't we? Even as Christians we do, don't we? Even as Christians we think, well, maybe I just need a little bit more people to like me. Maybe I just need a little bit more success. Maybe I need just a little bit more money. Maybe I need just a little bit more 
You name it. We don't need any more, guys. We are satisfied in him and when we are saturated with him, that flows up within us and goes out from us, doesn't it? And heads out into the world. And we start to worship and live in the Spirit. You see, when uh, the Samaritan woman, she says, what about we worship? We go and worship in other places. We go, we go to one mountain, you go to another mountain. And Jesus says, whoa, hold on here. doesn't need to be on a mountain anymore. Look at what he says in verse 23. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is Spirit and his worshippers must worship in the Spirit and in truth. Uh, he says, it's not about a mountain, it's not about a place, it's about me. It's not about whether you're over here or over there or this building, that building. It's about worshipping in the Spirit, the Spirit that I will give you, that I'll pour out into you to go and live that out 24-7 every day. You see, we just don't worship on Sunday. We don't just worship when we sing. We don't just worship when we pray. Worshipping spirit means it's an all-of-life thing. Every place, everywhere. We'll be going out and doing it all over the place. It doesn't have to be in one particular place anymore. It's our whole lives. Worshipping Jesus, saturated by him. And she starts to get the idea, doesn't she? She starts to think, well, first I need a drink. It's going to be Jesus. I've got husbands, but that's not where I'm satisfied. I'm not worshipping on a mountain. I know there's a Messiah that's going to come. The woman said, I know the Messiah called the Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. And Jesus says, it's me. It's me. Your soul is satisfied in me. Your life is satisfied in me. Your worship is satisfied in me. Your life is satisfied in me. Now the the Samaritan woman goes on and I think she grabs it. I think she gets it. Uh, You see later on as you go through the rest of the story, she goes off and she goes into the town and she goes to the guys, look, come and meet the guy that has told me everything I've ever done. Well, it's a slight exaggeration, isn't it, I think. But... She's saying, this is the God, this is the one. And they come out and they get to meet Jesus and then they say, we believe not just because of what you've said but because we have seen. She's grabbed it. She's told others and brought others into it and they've said, yes. It's a great picture of us, isn't it? We go from people who are looking for satisfaction in life over here We find it in Jesus because he's the one that's dealt with it on the cross for us. We find out that we are to worship him and he's the Messiah who knows everything is going to lead us everything and take us into life eternal. And then we go out. We bring people to meet him. Come and see him. Come to know him. As our lives are saturated with Jesus, then it will be that it goes out to others so that they can be saturated as well. Uh, just the other day, uh, Karina and I and uh, some friends of ours went and paddled up the Brunswick River. That's the Brunswick River there. It's very pretty. 
you can paddle it up one way and then if you go around a corner to the right, uh, don't take my directions, but if you go to the corner to the right, you can paddle down, you get all the way down past ocean shores, you can pull up on the side, you can go and have morning tea and then you can paddle back again. It is beautiful. It's really, really pretty. Uh, as we were paddling, paddling along, uh, one person in our group said, as we were paddling, said, this is the life. And it was beautiful. It was pretty. A bit like Snoopy. There he is, laying back. This is the life. Well, actually it's not, is it? It's nice to enjoy God's creation, but that's not the life. A life that has lived 24-7, saturated with Jesus, is the life. This is the life, the life following him. That's the life that will quench your thirst. That's your life that will deal with your sin. That is the life that will take you into eternity. This is the life that we are to live. And that's what we've been talking about, haven't we? Through the whole of Saturate, that's what we've been trying to get into ourselves. As we've looked into God's Word, as we've thought that through, as we've been thinking about it, it's been coming back to us, hasn't it? We've come to see that Jesus is better than anything this world has to offer because he's the one that created it. Jesus is better than all of that. And the best thing that we can be on about in this world is on about Jesus and helping others to get to know Jesus as well. To be saturated with Jesus ourselves and helping others to be saturated as well. We talked about that, didn't we? Disciples making disciples. The command that Jesus gives to us and to his disciples at the very end is to go and make disciples of all the nations. He doesn't say go and make buildings. He doesn't go and make worship teams. He doesn't go and make whatever you want to put out there. Though those things might be helpful. But he says go and make disciples. Being saturated with Jesus yourself and helping others to be saturated with Jesus. Knowing that Jesus is better. And knowing who we are. We looked at that, didn't we? That who our identity is. We are, our identity when we're in Jesus and we put our trust in him is we are children of God. We can call Heavenly Father Dad. We are servants with Jesus. Jesus was a servant. He said, I came to serve and not be served. We are to be servants of Jesus as we serve others. And we're on a mission with the Holy Spirit within us. That Pentecost Sunday, the Pentecost wasn't just so that people could have tongues of fire on their head, not just so that people could speak languages, it was so that other people could hear about Jesus. They were sent into the world to make disciples, to saturate people with Jesus. That's who we are. And that's to be something that we're on about 24-7. everything that we do is to be to the glory of God and that we're going to be in that mode every moment of the day. Don't flick it off. Don't swipe it on your phone. Glory to God mode 24-7. That's what we've been talking about, haven't we? To be saturated with Jesus so that we saturate our community with him. That's the way that we want to be. That's the life that we want to be on about. That's where we want to be doing the things that we want to be doing. 
You see, we live in the world of the tyranny of the urgent. Got to get that done. Got to have this sorted. Got to have my life insurance organised. Got to have my uh, retirement planned. Got to have my next trip organised. Got to have my business sorted. Got to have this. Got to have my family right. Got to make sure I raise my kids right. Got to make sure they go to the right school. Got to have all these things. We got to have all these things sorted, don't we? We're the tyranny urgent. They're the things that we've got. To, they're the things that take up our mind most of the day. All this stuff, all this urgent stuff. Whereas the best things we can be on about is to be saturating our lives with Jesus and helping others to be saturated with Him as well. Can I encourage you with that? We've been thinking about that for this whole term and a half. Uh, If you've been in our congregation for the last five or six years, we've been thinking about that that long. Uh, We've been talking about it in different ways and different avenues, thinking about how we can be on about Jesus 24-7 in glory to God mode all the time because the glory of God mode is the mode that sees more and more people come to know Jesus. This world is to be saturated with Jesus when God will be glorified most. And we've been thinking about it, haven't we? And we've been working it through that it's about an everyday stuff of life. It's about living out in all the things that we do. In those decisions about how we raise our kids and the decisions about the schools that we go to, decisions about where we work and how we work, the decisions about what holidays we take, how we spend our retirement. And all of those decisions are just 24-7. It's about thinking about how can I be saturated with Jesus in that and saturate others with Jesus in that. How do I help my kids see that Jesus is the most important thing in this world? How do I show the people that I work with that Jesus is the most important thing in my life? How as a boss, how do I help my staff see that Jesus is the most important thing in my life and for them? How do we do that? Well, that's what we've been thinking about, haven't we? You don't have to go to Bible college for four years. You don't have to lock yourself away in a monastery to do that. You don't have to go and just spend your time in front of the Bible on a corner all by yourself. Some of those things aren't bad things to be doing. But as we saturate our lives with Jesus, as we get into his word and ask his spirit to reveal that to us, as we do that together, as we saturate each other, as we get into God's word and God's truth and ask the spirit to work with us and through us, as we take that into all those aspects of our lives, as we go and live that out amongst our community, then we're going to be seeing what God's going to do with that. As he helps us be saturated with Jesus, as he helps us to saturate our community with Jesus. Can I encourage you with that? Don't forget about it now that we're going to go into a new series. Don't forget that next week when you're at NCCC. Don't forget that the week after when we're going to hear from Malcolm. He's going to preach to us. And you won't forget it then because it's about Christ in you. Uh, don't forget about that when we start looking at uh, some of the smaller books of the Old Testament. I'll keep reminding you. Don't forget that as you start to go about your day and you start to get about the urgent again. Keep it coming back to being saturated with Jesus through his word and empowered by his spirit and saturate our community with that. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask a couple of guys, and uh, you're welcome to come up and share too how God's been uh, encouraging you in that uh, during this time frame. I don't think Ben's in here, is he?
This will be one of the ones. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we give you great thanks for this morning, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your uh, blessing of your Son, Jesus, who satisfies our thirst, who deals with our sin, who enables us to worship you now in everyday life and for eternity. We thank you, Lord, for the story of Jesus and that Samaritan woman. It is a powerful story, Lord, and there's so much more to it than what we've even looked at today. But within it, Lord, we see your heart. Within it, we see your desire for people to come to you and drink from you and to be saturated by you, Lord, and to take that saturation into the world around us to see you glorified in every part of our lives and every part of this world, Lord. We ask by your Spirit, Lord, that you will empower us to do that. We ask by your Spirit, Lord, that you will be working in the hearts and the lives of the people that you are putting around us. We ask, Lord, by your Spirit, that you will take uh, our feeble efforts, Lord, and turn them into something glorious for you. Lord, we pray this and we ask this and we pray, Lord, that we will together encourage one another within this be people, Lord, who are on about being saturated by Jesus and helping others to be the same. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.